This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 198. This is part two with Leslie Juven Eicher. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 198. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. I'm so excited to bring you part two of this interview with Leslie Juven Iker from leslieinc.org. So make sure you listen to part one of this episode, which was back at episode 196 last Wednesday, before you dive into this part here. So part two of this interview with Leslie is mostly about my relationship with money. And Leslie actually does some coaching personally, specifically with me. And it's fascinating. It is really good stuff. I will tell you it's a little vulnerable. It's a little uncomfortable because we talk about my history with money, my thoughts around money, my experiences with money. We talk about my family situation around money, especially from when I was younger with my parents, with my parents' divorce, how my parents' different dynamics with money impacted my dynamic and my relationship with money. It's a really fascinating conversation. And I'm really, really grateful for Leslie for taking the time to dive a little deeper in this conversation. She was very generous with her time and her resources, which I'm so grateful for. Additionally, beyond just talking about my experience with money, in this episode, we talk about the key to cultivating wealth and a wealth mindset. We talk about the secret to making happiness a habit. And we talk about the difference between prayer and meditation. So make sure you go back and listen to episode one, where I give Leslie her thorough, more proper introduction. You can learn all about 
about her, all about her work as a medium, all about the work that she does with people in high-level corporate jobs and helping them be more successful and kind of unblock some of their own issues that maybe get in their way. We also talk about her life background growing up in the Philippines with a mother who was a sex worker, her surviving domestic abuse her surviving postpartum depression, and how that really, that gift of postpartum depression really led her into this path where she is able to serve people on a very different, much deeper level than ever before. And it's really, really great conversation. So make sure you listen to part one before you listen to part two. All right, let's go ahead and dive in for part two with Leslie Juvenicare. Oh, so, so fascinating. I could go on and on about the pregnancy stuff and all that. I'm so <laughs> fascinated by it, but I want to make sure we touch on other things as well. And you mentioned your book a couple of times, and I want to talk about the wealth component because I think this is really interesting as well. And so similar to what we're talking about with pregnancy, so much of it is connected to mindset. And so can you talk about how you work with people to change their mindset around wealth? And what do you think is the key to cultivating wealth? So the number one thing is examining your relationship with money. The number one place to go because Warren Buffett has a big different relationship than somebody else on the street panhandling. So we have to always look at that. And the best and fastest way, which in this system I developed in my book, The Money Formula, is that it's a seven-step, 15-minute or less process, which completely changes your connection with the word money and every other word within the financial vocabulary, such as debt or whatever, right? Yeah, go ahead. Well, and I agree, those are all words that we have connections to that are, again, subconscious connections that we don't even, like everyone would say, yes, I want more money, but Mm -hmm. we don't frequently dive deeper to look at our relationship with money to figure out maybe why we don't have as much as we want. Right. So I explain in the book how the very first thought that we think of when we think of money takes us to powerful emotions that are rooted in our childhood that subconsciously lead us down paths that can either set us up for financial success or failure. So in this experiment that I did in creating this formula, which works 100% of the time, which was mind blowing, it's really going, all right, ladies, think of money. And what is the very first thought or phrase that you think of when you think money? And by examining that, I can actually help you go to that feeling, go to that memory and find the pattern, the subconscious belief that you created around your experience, whether it be the roles. Like, for example, with me and my husband, I learned from an early age that men are incompetent with money. Women must hide money (laughs) and that I can only make so much money because I saw my parents only make so much. So I created a whole reality based on that pattern I learned from a very early age. So interesting. So I actually talked about this before my husband and I got married. We met with a therapist to do a little bit of premarital counseling, which was super interesting. I was actually really excited about it. And I like every week I was like, can you give us some homework? My husband was like, what are you doing? Why do we need homework? (laughs) I was like, I want to dive deep. But one of the things she talked brought up was money and how everyone has a different relationship with money. And so we started talking about my relationship with money a little bit and what it was like in my family. So I had two different memories and or things that like immediately kind of stood out to me. And one was that my mom would often make references to payday and it would be like, she would get paid on, I think it was like one Friday a month. And so it would be like on Monday or Tuesday of that week. And she would say things and not like in a way that made my sister, I feel responsible for it, but definitely, I was definitely acutely aware of it. She would say like, well, you know, we only have like, you know, a dollar and 16 cents to last us till Friday. And like, so we might have to be eating 
canned string beans. And I was like, I heard that a lot. And it really impacted me to hear that message a lot. So there was definitely scarcity around money. And then with my dad, my dad was definitely connected. Like my parents divorced when I was young and his primary role in parenting, he was very attached to the idea that he made a financial sacrifice to Mm -hmm. pay child support after my parents got divorced and like never missed a payment. And he took a lot of pride in that, which is great. But he also, I think, had a lot of his role as a father was tied into like, I bring this check over once a month to give to my ex-wife. And I think he thought that like that was like the biggest key in being a father. And that's like actually has nothing to do with being a father in my eyes. And so that's been an interesting thing for me to think about with money as well, that like he thought that was a really powerful dynamic between him and his kids. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was like the least significant dynamic, (laughs) like actually quality time spent and like those kinds of things maybe would have been more powerful. So it's really interesting having those two experiences. And that's definitely impacted my relationship with money for sure. So when you were about three or four, what was the very first feeling? Okay, first of all, let's go to the thought. Let's do it now because it'll be fun to demonstrate for everyone. So I want you to think money. Mm -hmm. What's the very first thought or phrase you think of when you think money? When I was three or four or right now? No, just right now in the top of your head. And I do a lot of thinking around money. So I right now, I'm like always consciously trying to think about abundance with money. Like I have never gone without. I have always had more than enough and I always will have more than enough. So that's how I kind of train my mind to think. And that serves me. But there's also this like underlying like gut level thing that's like, yeah, I'm telling myself this, but I hope it's really true. (laughs) Like, Ah, what if someday it's not? So yeah, there's definitely doubt around it. Like I'm always trying to train myself out of the doubt. Okay, perfect. So let's go into the doubt. And you said gut feeling. Explain that feeling. What emotional words do you come up when you feel that gut feeling? So probably I definitely have ideas around being an entrepreneur. And I have a lot of pride in being an entrepreneur. But sometimes I think like... I always want to feel this momentum that like things are growing and building. And I have a lot of fear around like, what if that stops? Or what if I like just run out of energy and like, I can't keep growing and building at this rate or like those kinds of things. Okay. So that fear of getting stuck, which is very normal. Yeah. Okay. So then I want you to go to the earliest memory that you can experience in which you felt stuck in your life. Before we dive deeper with Leslie, let's talk about one of our sponsors today, Kind Bars. Kind Bars are tasty. They're almost like having a bit of a treat, but they're healthy. So they're good for you, which is, by the way, a perfect way to trick your kids into having something with some nutritional value. So I like Kind Bars and I give them to Vinny because they actually provide sustainable energy because they're not loaded with sugar. They actually have a little bit of healthy fat in them. They have a little bit of healthy protein in them. So it's just enough to give you a boost of energy that is sustainable. It's not like a candy bar where you're going to get a big sugar spike and then crash. I love that Kind Bars are considerate of health. I love that they are also gluten-free because gluten-free is important for our family because Vinny has to be gluten-free. I also love that I can recognize all the ingredients on the bar. They use high-quality, nutrient-dense whole ingredients like whole nuts and whole grains. So to get 10 Kind Bars for free, you just pay shipping, and you can check out their membership where you get bars delivered to your house every month, go over to Kind Snacks dot com slash shameless. Again, that's kindsnacks.com slash shameless and you'll get 10 bars for free. All you do is pay shipping. 
oh my gosh, let me think. When did I feel stuck? I probably felt most stuck. And this is kind of like one of my biggest insecurities growing up. I felt really stuck around, I didn't play sports at all growing up. And I felt very physically incompetent. So I felt like academically, I could always get anything I wanted, but I couldn't keep up with my peers. And there was a lot of like, I felt like a lot of social circles were kind of derived around, it was like, you know, all the soccer kids had their friends and the basketball kids and whatever. And I always felt like there was this barrier, like because I didn't participate in that world, I felt like there was a barrier between them and me. And I had a great circles of friends and everything, but I just always wished that I had played sports and that like, I felt like I was missing out on this whole thing. And I always felt very stuck around that, which is interesting because I ended up going back to school in my twenties, becoming a personal trainer and opening my own gym. And like, I have like a whole career (laughs) built out of like being an adult athlete and a triathlete and a distance runner. But that's when I think of that memory. With that memory, I mean, it's like for as long as I can remember, like PE class is like when I think of like anything related to feeling insecure and uncomfortable as a kid was like me sitting in PE class being like, I hope I don't mess something up for this team or I hope I don't like look foolish in front of people. Like Mm -hmm. that's where I think of like all my insecurities growing up. Judgment. And so for the purposes of this experiment, what's the earliest memory that you could think of in feeling that sense of the barrier, the judgment? What was the really most acute memory that you could think of? I can remember being in grade school. I don't know exactly what grade it would have been. I mean, I think it was something that happened repeatedly over many years, but being in grade school in the gym, I can picture being in the gym and like playing basketball with my classmates and just thinking, please don't anyone throw me the ball. Just don't throw me the ball because then I don't have to do anything. And it's like, that's like a very acute like feeling that I had many times, but I remember it probably as early as like third or fourth grade. Okay, third or fourth grade. And it's very interesting, third or fourth grade. So you would probably be about 10 years old. So this fits within the protocol of the formula, actually. So you feel this is don't throw me the ball. And what would happen if they would throw you the ball? I would kind of panic (laughs) and I would in my head be like do like the easiest thing that gets the ball out of your hands without you looking stupid so it would be like is there someone near me that I can throw to like I don't think I would ever like actually shoot it or if I did it would be like very scary and very intimidating but yeah it was like how can I just get the spotlight off of me and get this out of my hands because I don't want to mess up in front of people and I also don't want to ruin it for other people like I didn't want to let down my team or whatever and have us be the losing team because I made the wrong choice as I'm saying all this out loud I'm like thinking of so many things in my life now that if we play the same thing (laughs) (laughs) right so go even further because there's a prime in memory is what I call it. Go even further to this feeling of looking stupid, getting this negative attention, not wanting to mess up, letting other people down. Go even further to that first time that you may have felt that sensation or noticed that in your life. Like when you say go further, do you mean go earlier in my life or just go further into the same example? Go go earlier into your life in which you felt that way that I don't want to mess up or maybe mm-hmm. um, I've I look stupid or I got negative attention or I don't want to let others down. It may be your memory. It might be a situation in which it is associated to that. So I wanted to be recognized for doing things right from a very early age. Okay. So it wasn't that I got a lot of a negative attention for doing things wrong because I was such a perfectionist and only chose to do things I thought I could do well. Ah. So PE was like the only place where I did not have that control. It was like academically, if I did 
everything the teacher said, I could get an A. And that was very consistent. But I did not get a lot of recognition for doing well in school. Like I wanted my mom to like pay me for my grades. And she's like, no, like we don't do that. Like just do the best you can. And I was like, no, like don't you want to give me a dollar for every A? <laughs> and she oh, was like, man, what a businesswoman <laughs> for performance. <laughs> so I wanted, like, I definitely wanted more recognition than I got. And so I took a lot of pride in like getting on the Dean's list. Like if my name could be on a list where people could see it, like that was a big deal to me. And that would have been my whole life. Oh, I know a good example. Tell me. So when I was in the fourth grade, and this is like so laughable relative to most kids' experiences, but I remember getting my name written on the board for the first time in the fourth grade for talking in class. And I was devastated. Like my mom taught at the same school that I was at. I left the room hysterical and went to her classroom and hysterical. And I was like, I got my name on the board. I was talking in class and I can't believe Miss McDonald wrote my name and blah, blah. (laughs) And my mom was like, well, if you were talking in class, you should have gotten your name on the board. Like, that's how it works. And not that she wasn't like shame. And I know that she like, I'm sure she gave me a hug. And like, it's not that she was trying to make the situation worse, but she was being like very real with me that like, if you were being disruptive, there's like a consequence for that. And I'm sure I was legitimately being disruptive, but it was a very shameful thing. And I couldn't believe it. And I was so upset with the teacher. And so like negative attention like that was very, very impactful to me. Oh, interesting. And your mom is a teacher too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And how long has she been a teacher for your whole life? Yeah. For my whole life. She's now retired, but she taught for 42 years. Oh, wow. She was also a nun. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing. And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I don't even know if I've talked about that on the show. Before she met my dad, she was a nun for 17 years. You're the nun. That is next level. Okay. Okay. That is amazing. First and foremost, this is how it works. So when you look at the attention, you know, for you, the equation is money equals attention, right? Okay. So when we look at money equals attention, if you don't do something that you're good at, you get bad attention. And if there's a thought, if there's a thought that I'm going to get bad attention, a fear that I'm going to do something wrong, whether through intention or through accident or just through neglect, right? What happens is, is that when you're getting good attention and you're feeling good and you're paying attention, literally, see it? Paying, <laughs> right? So when you have this connection to money, when you have this fear in any way, that I could possibly get negative attention or there's something in which I could fail other people Mm -hmm. and there's something that I could let others down and I can't perform. You're actually in those fears. You're actually squeezing that. I like to call it like a pipe, right? Like one of those like squeezy pipes that you look Mm -hmm. at in the aquarium, you know, it's got water in it and you jiggle it around. Right, right. (laughs) you squeezing that flow of money from yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you think about attention, attention for something good, it's really about highlighting for you. And it's very interesting with your podcast because what you like to do is to give attention to good things, right? Right. And so you giving attention to good things is where your flow of success and money and collaboration and all the wonderful things that you could possibly achieve in life are flowing. But if you feel that, you know, you've got that fear that 
oh, I'm going to let others down or I'm going to look stupid or I'm not going to perform in this area. You're actually squeezing money away from yourself. So in effect, the money formula would be if I want to cut off money, I have to go into that fear and doubt that I could perform, that I can't perform, that I can't do something well, that I can't you know, feel good. I'll feel stuck. So if any time you notice yourself feeling this way, feeling stuck, doubting yourself, fearing that you're going to look stupid, letting others down, you're actually noticing, oh, I'm cutting money off from myself. So Mm -hmm. how to reverse that is to go, okay, what is something that I can highlight in my life that is great? And you've done that very successfully with this podcast is by turning your attention to those things that are good, that are helpful, that are serving, that are kind, that are freeing, that are shameless and really helping people in that way. And it's so ironic that your podcast is, you know, shameless mom, because that feeling of shame is actually what cuts us off from everybody else. Mm, That makes so much sense. Shame is a barrier, an emotional and mental barrier, additionally, a barrier to financial abundance. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Oh, this is so interesting. I think everything you said makes so much sense. And actually, I'll give you an example of, you know, I think an abundance mindset around money or around anything can be really challenging. And especially if you come from a background where that wasn't modeled to you, which you definitely have pointed out was your situation and was definitely my situation. And so it's like this constant self-talk around it that you have to constantly be shifting. And I love the example that you gave about squeezing the tube and like, as soon as you start, that constriction starts taking place, the water or the whatever is not going to flow so freely. So I know for me, the year I was pregnant with my son, I remember going to meet with my financial advisor and my accountant and my financial advisor both said to me in the course of that pregnancy, they said, so let's talk about what your numbers are going to look like this year. Because, you know, when you have the baby, there'll be like some stagnation in your income for a little while. Oh my God. And I was like, What? No. I was like, actually, this is going to be my biggest year ever. And they were both like, what? But I was like, yeah. So, and this was one of the benefits of it taking me two years to get pregnant that first time was that I had built my business in a way where I was like, okay, if I'm going to have a baby, I want to be able to like have something that can grow and be lucrative while I am at home with my son that doesn't involve me being there every day and those kinds of things. And so it was interesting that these two financial people were like, well, obviously you're going to make less money this year. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? I have planned this so that that wouldn't happen. I have like been very intentional around building a business that can continue to grow without me being present in every moment of every day. And so like, for example, that was with my gym business. I had hired people who could basically run everything while I took a few months off. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting to me that that was a little mind blowing to them. But it was also interesting to me from my own perspective to see that like, oh, I have found a way and it's like of one of my core values to make sure that I can be successful and keep that flow open no matter what. And so that I don't feel limited by a life circumstance. And so I see that like as I'm building the podcast and part of going through that infertility journey, which I shared on the podcast as I went through it, was that like everything that happens I want to make it an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to share. Like that has been really powerful for me. And that has helped me keep that line open so that I am open to opportunities that might become financially lucrative, that have been very creatively lucrative. So I'm curious, do you have any input on that or thoughts around that? Yeah. I think it's so fascinating, you know, to wrap up kind of what we were talking about with the money formula and the experiment that we did was that... 
I mean, I mean, you can't really make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up that you went to your financial advisor and you're like, oh, baby equals stock money. Right. right. Remember, the first thought is money equals the doubt in stock. I mean, so that was fascinating that in so many ways that that situation manifested itself. But fortunately, you know, God gave us free will. Right. So we're not going to be slaves to our subconscious mind. The whole point is to become conscious of our own patterns. And the fact that you're like, no, I don't choose that, even though that this something may be a reality for me and not, you know, up until this moment, I'm choosing to do something differently. And that's so important when powering women is that, yes, we don't have to be victims of circumstances or the victims of our habits. We can actually change them. And it's so powerful that you actually affirm that in your story is that you literally heard your worst fear being said, motherhood, money, stuck, you know, so... And you decided to go, no, I'm going to do something else. I don't choose that reality. And that fact that you exercised your will, which is your governing power in your whole reality, has really amplified the fact that all of us women can do the same thing. So your example right here today on this show is an amazing one because talk about motherhood, children, money, stuck, business. I mean, all of this stuff we're all dealing with and struggling at one point and the other. And to examine that relationship with our childhood, our memories, our feelings, our thoughts about them, but then say, above all things, we have the thought and the willpower and the consciousness to change that. That's where we all women can find our strength. Totally, totally, yeah. And I think it takes constant work, though, and constant, like, self-analysis and daily conscientious effort. Would you agree? And also, how do you help people to implement those things? This is the one thing that I would add additionally in terms of analysis on the experiment we did today with the money formula in your situation is, is my question is, is for you is that, you know, you saw your mom and dad, you know, your dad associating financial, you know, success as a parent to his financial role that he played. And then your mother aiming for that next paycheck and whatnot. But would you say that when you were a child that your parents constantly looked at, you know, money as something they always had to focus on and always had to like work on or yes, was it something? That for sure. Came? Okay. I mean, for my mom, it was a constant like, and they were very different because my mom's was constantly like, how can I maneuver money in a way that like we can pay all the bills and keep the kids fed and in private school, which was a huge sacrifice and struggle for her. And then with my dad, his mindset around money was, how can I manipulate this so that I can get like whatever next toy? So he was always like, oh, I have a little bit extra. And if I pull a little bit extra here as well, then I could actually upgrade my truck or I could get a motorhome or I could get a new motorcycle. So it was very different in terms of how they prioritize the spending of the money, but they both were very focused on money. Exactly. And for me, just by listening to the language that you use, it's like money doesn't have to be work. And so many people associate money with work. I mean, I seriously know people who don't work and they are friggin' rich. I mean, it's not even a joke. So the thing is, is to associate again, when the money formula and the initial thoughts is, does money equal work? And what does work mean? Right. You know, so is work, like I said earlier in that example with investment banker and his wife is like, does work mean constantly having to think about something? Does work mean having something occupying your mental space at all time? 
like examine that meaning as well because if we're talking about just financial abundance and success like i like to think of investments as crockpots you said it you forget it like why would i think twice about it i'm paying people to do it for me right you know so it's really having an examination of well what does work mean does it have to be a constant mental occupation or is it something i do once and i get paid residuals or whatever my husband's in product you know he just recently designed all of adidas watches Wow. And he did the work within, you know, two years or 18 months. And now it's all over the world and they'll continue to make them. But he did his work. It's done now. You know what I mean? So he's not going to have to make a whole new watch, you know, from design to finish to warehouse to marketing to retail and all these things. He's already done it. It's already Mm -hmm. done. And the process has already been made. And it's the same thought that we have to have with money or our businesses or their families is what can we do now that will continue to feed us back, feed us back, feed us back and compounding interest example. So for me and for you in this particular circumstance is going like, think about work a little bit. Is it something you constantly have to do to get money or is it you do once and the money keeps coming Mm. as in royalties or whatever? So think about that. And that's something I encourage the listeners and the shameless mom audience is to really think about, am I doing something constantly, constantly, constantly and hoping that it pays off, pays off, pays off. So that's where I would really look. And yes, it means mental discipline and emotional discipline, but it doesn't have to be so arduous and it doesn't have to be so difficult that money can flow easily, that success can flow easily. And we don't have to make it like this. Oh, my God, I have to figure it out to get you know my toy. I don't have to figure it out to get my next paycheck. Like, Think about it once and then let it come. And we get so caught up in the mental that we make our mental occupation our occupation. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that becomes constricting because it becomes stressful if it's occupying too much of your mind or too much exactly. of your time. And as mothers, you know, I mean, seriously, I get it. You know, I have my own business. I've got a team. And, you know, you're with your kids and you just want to enjoy that. And over the holidays, it was, you know, I love doing practicing the money formula and different things on my friends if they'll let me. But I mean, it's one thing to just do what you love. And it's another thing to feel like you have to do it because if you don't, you won't make money from it. And it's two different things. So there's one thought I could leave with the money formula in our experiment today together is really examine like, am I being owned by my job or am I doing what I really love? And is it paying off in so many ways beyond just a simple paycheck? Mm, Yeah, I think that's a really powerful, powerful final thought for the money piece. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood 
understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, let's move on because we haven't even gotten to the, your work in happiness, which is like <laughs> what I originally was like, we need to talk about happiness. So let's move on and talk a little bit about happiness before we wrap up here and tell us what is your secret to making happiness a habit? The secret to making happiness a habit for me, number one is meditation. And it's really mindfulness. It's, it's being aware of everything that's going around you without being caught up in the story and the drama as we spoke about earlier really going like okay i see what's happening and from this space of quietness without judgment without criticism without blaming or labeling really being in the moment and really accepting everything as it is without one label or without one judgment is really like the most freeing, healthy place to be. Because I also help people with chronic physical pain, back pain, headaches, whatever, and helping them. I realize these thoughts that we have are actually creating physical pain, are creating conflict in our relationships. So if we can quiet the mind and stop thinking all these thoughts and these judgments and these labels, we can actually find a very state of happiness or bliss or peace, whatever you want to call it, and really get into that state. So that's so important is quieting your mind, stop criticizing, stop labeling, stop judging, and just accept things for as they are and just be in it. I think that makes so much sense. Talk a little bit more about the meditation component to that, because I think that's a really important pointer and tip as well. So meditation often gets, you know, a religious connotation, you know, from the Buddhists and whatnot. But meditation really is different from prayer because I'm a big advocate for prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. And we get so caught up in God, please give me this and God, please give me that and let this person do this and make them do that. <laughs> make them love me. And, you know. <laughs> totally. Uh, we get caught up in asking God, you know, for all these things. But, you know, how is God supposed to talk to us and give us instructions and ideas and creativity and solutions if we're not shutting up our mouth and our mind and listening to the ideas and inspiration that God wants us to have? Right. So whatever your relationship is with God, a universe or all knowing spirit, whatever, spaghetti monster, it doesn't matter. But it's really all about shh, shh, quiet, listen, listen. And meditation for me is tapping into all of your senses, whether it's using your eyes or hear with your ears or to sense with your feeling or to just 
tap into your taste, whatever those five senses or even your intuitive one, which is the sixth sense, is to really begin to use your senses as an input for measuring a situation for what it is, for reading a person's body language, for being quiet and hearing a good idea in your mind. But you cannot receive if you are too busy putting out, 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 out with your thoughts. So my number one thing, most simply is meditation is the fullest use and capacity of all of your senses. Because if you are tapped into your senses, you'll get the data to help you make good decisions and feel better. Oh, that makes so much sense. I've gone through phases of meditating and I'm not currently in a phase of meditating. And now I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to go back to meditating. Exactly. And for meditation, are there formalities around it for you in terms of like it needs to be seated in a quiet room and or can it be like while you're driving to the grocery store? I think you could do anywhere, anytime, eyes open, eyes shut. Honestly, I mean, you don't have to be like Deepak Chakra, you know, when he goes out for like three weeks by himself in the desert, you know, you don't have to be like Jesus and do that. But I would say if you can, you know, take yourself even just not a nap, but lay down and relax and just kind of listen to everything around you. You could do it for a walk. I'm a huge gardener, so I meditate outside while I'm clipping roses, you know, and pulling weeds. Just begin to really allow yourself to be fully engaged in the moment, relax, just stop thinking, stop judging. When you're driving in the car, don't go like, oh, you cut me off, you're an idiot, you know. Right. Just so, okay, well, whatever, and just keep going and free your mind from any thought, primarily judgmental thought, labeling thoughts. If you get a thought like, oh, you know, flowers red today, how beautiful, cool, let it come and go. But do not attach yourself to negative critical thoughts because that is the source of pain and suffering. So really meditation is really just going, being mindful of the quality of your thoughts and using all of your senses to accurately discern them. I love that. So one of the things I've been focusing on recently, I love listening to podcasts and I've gotten in the habit of listening to them like all the time. So like I'm making dinner, I'm listening to a podcast, I'm driving somewhere, I'm listening to a podcast. And I realized a while ago that when I'm constantly listening to like receiving this input that it doesn't allow me quiet space in my day Mm -hmm. to listen to my own thoughts. And so I started making deals with myself where like, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen in the car, but like while I'm making dinner, I need to just be quiet making dinner and be thoughtful about like kind of reviewing what happened in the day or whatever thinking about. And what has happened when you aren't always getting input from external sources, like TV, social media, radio, Mm. podcast, whatever, it actually creates so much more space in your head. And that can be hard to find if you are working and a mom and married and all that. Like, it's hard to find space where you don't have input from someone else or some sort of external source. But it's really powerful when you do take a few minutes to have that space, even if it's just while you're chopping some carrots, because it really (laughs) does, like, it creates the mental space, which creates space in many other ways, I think. Absolutely. I think what you said was just wonderful because just being quiet, even, you know, folding your laundry and being, I mean, that's what the Buddhists do. That's what the monks do. That's what the nuns do. You know, it's really in that the work of being fully engaged in that work and not like being stressed when you're doing that work, like sweeping the floor. Oh my God, it's going to get dirty again. You know, it's really like, okay, I'm here now sweeping the floor. I'm here now chopping these carrots. You know, it's really in being in that moment in which you're doing something and engaging fully in it without the preoccupation of some other reality somewhere else in your mind or somebody else's opinions. And I would dare go even further that 
it's so important now with Instagram feeds and social media feeds and CNN and God knows what to really be mindful of the quality of your resources. So like listening to your podcast is going to feed somebody's soul as opposed to looking at some other sources where it's just instigating conflict. So if you're going to listen to these things in a state of meditation, which you can, because God works through mysterious ways, it could be, you know, through your podcast. I mean, our conversation could help change somebody's life. Right, right when they're ready to receive it. So choose the quality of those things that you put around you. Obviously, don't go meditate in a place that's, you know, going to stimulate you to feel negative about yourself. Choose wisely what you feed into your mental atmosphere as well. So I agree with you. Definitely become mindful of what you're doing. Clear that space away. Choose your inputs wisely. And that way you don't have to worry about dealing with their bad ideas, creating conflict and havoc in your life later on. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And even when you start just being mindful of these practices, like right now I'm having time with input versus right now I'm not having time, you know, there kind of becomes an immediate shift in your consciousness, just this awareness of like, I'm creating time that's just for me, or I'm creating time that's just for this. And I think that that's really important too. I think people get uncomfortable with doing nothing. Oh, I mean, totally. totally. Like silence (laughs) is deafening and devastating and painful and uncomfortable. (laughs) I know. I mean, there are times where I've caught myself. And again, this goes with the example with the kids at the dinner table where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just doing stuff because I feel like if I don't do it, my business isn't going to grow. If I don't do this, then, you know, clients are going to call me. If I don't do this, like I'm not going to whatever X, Y, Z, attract money, get be happy, feel thin, whatever. And it's like. Sometimes we just got to be comfortable and doing nothing and just simply being where we are. And there's absolutely nothing that is required from us except by being. And if we could love ourselves for just being who we are, then many of the things we think we have to do, we don't need to do. Right, right. Which is so freeing. <laughs> Like, seriously. So, I mean, yes, sure, the laundry's got to get washed or whatever, but do we have to do it every single day? I mean, think about these things, you know? So it's like, okay, we have like 500 things in your closet, but we keep washing the same things every day. It's like really to begin to examine our behaviors and the state of being. And and for me, the state of being is the state of happiness. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, this is so good. Okay, so... I want to start wrapping up. I feel like we could talk for so long. I have many other questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. And also I want to be respectful of our listeners' timeframes because busy moms have limited amount of time to listen to podcasts, as I just mentioned, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we don't get to listen to podcasts all day. Shameless mom and make it that one. Then you'll have all the time in the world. (laughs) Right, right, right. Totally. So tell us how you are a shameless mom. How I'm a shameless mom is I am so absurdly silly with my kids. It's so bad that sometimes my daughter's like, oh, my God, mommy, you're so silly. And I think <laughs> as mothers, like we I mean, for real, though, like sometimes we just like, oh, my God, I remember having this moment where I was like, oh, my God, I take being a mother so seriously because I'm raising a human. If I don't do it right, I'm going to subconsciously pattern them to be awful human beings. And right. it's like, whoa, we just take it so seriously. And for me, as a mother, it's just like, okay, wind it back. So what? 
sometimes you just have no control over what memories are being patterned inside their brain. You don't know like what choices they're going to make. But if you are happy and if you consistently maintain that state of happiness and border on the line of absurdity, because absurdity questions all of reality and constructs and forms. That's why I love like art and dolly and, you know, comedy, because it really makes you question everything. And so being silly and sometimes satirical and jokey really breaks the edge off of the seriousness and of life. And it doesn't have to be that way. So for me as a shameless mom, like, if, you know, if I got to be silly and absurd, I prefer it that way than to be, you know, stuffy and strict and conform. So I would say silliness and absurdity is a great way for me. <laughs> I love that. I don't think anyone has ever used absurdity as one of the ways they're a shameless mom. And I think it's so perfect and so fantastic. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have a really cool event coming up in New York. So can you tell our New York listeners how they might be able to connect with you in person? Yes, I would love that. I would love to meet all the shameless mom people and welcome all of these wonderful women into our fold in our happy camper community. I'll be at the Rough Draft in Brooklyn, Williamsburg, in New York on January 13th, and I will be having our Work Happy Workshops, and it's going to have a program of three different events. The first one is called Awaken the Fearless Entrepreneur, and I'm going to demonstrate how fear and negative thinking actually creates self-sabotaging behaviors that limits yourself from success and financial abundance, and really empower with techniques, tools, insight on how to shift all of that. And it's going to be so fun and so easy to do. The second one will be awakening the millionaire mindset. And I'll be teaching the money formula there and doing live examples and how that works. Awakening all of those things, connecting money to good feelings, happy thoughts, and setting people up for success as well as we'll be doing a fireside chat that evening and we'll be answering all the questions that the audience will have. So bring your questions, we'll put them in a box and I'll answer them all on the spot. And it will be also amazing because people can network there and get some connections and it would advance your own life and career. So I really want to create that platform for everyone. So come and join us. And I'll also give you some special passes for your audience if they want to win them. They can get the day for free or any event of their cho choosing with a special code. So I'll create that code for you and you can offer it to them. Oh, cool. So people can find that over at shamelessmom.com. And then I will have to link up this episode number. I'm actually going to change the episode so that it goes live before that date so everyone can hear that. So, But I'll make sure in my outro that I mention that to everyone with the specific show notes. So, okay, perfect. And then for people who cannot connect with you in New York on January 13th, where can they find you to connect with you and hopefully work with you as well? Okay, so they can connect with me on my website at lastlyinc.org, and you can actually see that there are one-on-one -on -one guide packs. So I focus on four core areas of your life, whether it's your abundance, we call it the Desert Oasis guide pack. We have the Mountain Highs guide pack, which is all about relationships. We have the Surf Safari, which is your career, and the Stargazer, which is all about emotions and emotional well-being and stuff like that. So if you want, take the quiz, the happiness assessment, find out which one is good for you, which one is best associated with your present needs and concerns and you can set up an appointment with me that way you can also find me on facebook at official leslie inc and on instagram at leslie inc perfect okay thank you so much so before i let you go 
Can you tell us, let's do our shameless mommy minute, which is our little lightning round. And can you tell us your favorite way to treat yourself? Favorite way to treat myself? I am a girly girl. Nails, hair, massages. I want to relax and not say a word. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So you don't want the massage therapist talking to you. Nobody talked to me. Yes. I have a manicurist. She is deaf and we don't talk and she is my best friend. Oh, it's perfect. I totally agree. <laughs> Current book that you're reading or the last one you read? Oh my gosh. I'm reading so many at the same time, but I would say just on the subject of the money that we were talking about, a good one that I had just recently read was Rich Habits, Poor Habits by Tom Corley and Michael Yardney. Oh, I will link to that in the show notes. And next question, what is one morning ritual you can't live without? Oh, definitely meditation. I just got to be quiet because I will check my phone and I will get caught up in all the things I got to do and everybody. And so meditation first so I can get right with my spirit and align myself with my highest good. Do you meditate? This is a little deviation from this being a lightning round, but do you meditate before your kids get up? No, my kids wake up before me. (laughs) Okay. So then how do you meditate with kids around? Oh, they know. They know what you're doing. I do it so much. Nice. I do it so much that they will literally sit down next to me or they don't. I mean, I think my kids are trained meditators. Nice. So I have a whole morning routine and I talk about that too, that like my son knows that like mommy's reading or writing or working out and like we're not talking right now. (laughs) So but you totally, you have to train them. You totally have to train them. So that's a great example. Who is oh, your yeah. biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration. Oh my gosh, I have so many people that inspire me, but I would have to say off the top of my head right now, I'd say Oprah because what she's done to build a real global community of women engaging and thoughtful and professional. I really am just so in admiration of her. Yes, yes. Oh, she's amazing. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh, it would instantly be just peace. Oh. That I would get. Because if a mother was just totally in a state of peace, like everything else would just fall into place. I would give mothers peace, hands down. I love it. Perfect. Thank you. Leslie, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm incredibly grateful for the work that you're doing and that you are willing to work with me on a personal level on the show. That's We've never done this before. So this is just a really, really cool episode that I will always hold close to my heart. I'm Yay. so excited that you have cool events coming up that people can connect with you live in New York, I hope. And then also, if not New York, they can connect with you over at lesliainc.org. So definitely make sure those of you listening that you go check out the show notes and see these different opportunities to connect with Leslie. And I appreciate you being here and spending extra time with us today. And I'm excited to connect after we're done recording. I actually have like one or two more questions for you on a personal level. So I'll have to update people. I'm going to have to have like an update after this to be like, okay, guys, here's what I asked her after the show. Yay. I love it. But thank you for spending time with us. And if you have anything you ever want to come back and talk about, please let me know so that we can connect again. Yes, yes. And if your listeners have questions for me and they want me to answer them, by all means, send them to Sarah and then I will answer them the next time. Yeah, that would be really fun. Cool. Thank you so much, Leslie. My pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for spending time with Leslie and me in the Shameless Mom Academy. I hope you listened to part one before you listen to part two, because this was a two-part episode. So make sure you get both episodes. You can go to shamelessmom.com 
Go to episode 196 and 198 to catch both episodes with Leslie. And then remember, Leslie has also invited Shameless Moms to join her live in New York for her few events in January. So if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 198. I'll have all the links there for her remaining events. Up on January 29th, she has Awaken the Millionaire Mindset. That is going to be a live event in New York. And on January 29th, she also has expert hosted Fireside Chat, Executive and Entrepreneur Networking. Same day. And that's also in New York. So if you want to go as a complimentary guest of Leslie's, a complimentary shameless mom, make sure you go over to the show notes and you can get your ticket over there. If this episode was helpful to you, if you learned something new, if something really resonated with you, if you felt like diving deep into my personal story and hear me get a little bit of coaching around that was helpful, please do share this episode out. Remember, you can share the episode by taking a screenshot of the episode from your phone and then sharing it on social media. You can tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy. I always comment right away if I see that I've been tagged. And you can also share by going to shamelessmom.com, clicking on episode 198, and that'll give you a link to the episode if you want to copy and paste that into social media or into an email to share the specific episode with someone. So I hope that you do share this episode out. I think it was a really powerful conversation. I always think it's really helpful when you can hear someone else's story and hear someone else get a little coaching around that that really helps us start to consider how we can, you kind of like self coach yourself when you hear someone else getting coached and you're like, oh, this is how this relates to me. And this is how I can like take some action on that. So I hope that was inspiring to you and helpful and supportive to you as well. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking